Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. We are here today with Karen Louise, who is an award-winning author, speaker, master life coach, soul guide, and course creator with a PhD in counseling and education. She blends 20 years of practice and research with her spiritual gifts as a medium, intuitive, and channel to guide people through mind-blowing transformations. She is obsessed with helping people release the programming of their past, remember who they are, and tap into the power and purpose that they are here to enjoy in all levels of their lives while having the time of their lives. Her retreats have brought healing and transformation to hundreds of men and women ready to live their purpose. Welcome, Karen. I'm so happy you're here with us. Thank you. I am too. And I've got two dogs home and um, I thought the bark collars were working, but they may not be charged. So <laughs> we'll see. We're in real life right here. Yeah. Um, but thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Me and my dogs. Yes. Um, we are going to have a great conversation. I can't wait to see what what bubbles up. Agreed. And it, your dogs are happening and I probably sound funky because I've got like a cold thing going on. You know, if anyone listening has children in daycare or school, you yeah. will understand it's impossible totally. to avoid. Um, so we will yeah. get through and I will make sure I'm on mute. So if I hack up a lung, we don't hear it. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That first wave after the school st- year starts and then, yeah, that first fall, like, yeah, I know yeah. it's, it's, but it does get better. You know, I know you keep hearing that, but, but yeah, but yeah, I feel yeah, I've been there. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so before we jump into this topic that I'm really excited about, can you give us a little bit more about who you are, what you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I am right now a, a life coach, a spiritual mentor. I'm always looking for the word that best describes it. And it seems to be kind of tough to find because, you know, our journeys are always so multifaceted and we bring so many elements of experience and hats that we've worn to the playing field when we're being professional. And so I'm also a mom, but I'm a single mom of three teenagers, a uh, set of twins, 15 and a 13 year old and two boys and a girl. So I am, I'm in the thick of that right now and I have two rescue dogs. Um, but by work, I am, I'm an author and as you said, um, a life coach, but I'm actually a clinically trained a psychotherapist. And so I, when I started this journey, I just come out of a really public divorce here in Atlanta. I was married to an athlete and I went through this change and I was originally going to be a teacher. I like got my undergrad in, in early, early childhood education. I, I really thought by the time I was 25, no lie. My goal was to have uh, three kids at least and two golden retrievers and the picket fence. And I was going to be a baseball wife and I was going to lead the Bible study. And that was the plan. Well, um, now I'm 50 ish. And uh, so much has happened since then. I ended up not, not that marriage did not continue on. And so then I went through this kind of deconstruction of what the hell, like I did all the things I was leading all the Bible studies. I was following the rules. What is going on with people? How can people do what I had just happened to me? Um, there was a lot of betrayal and all this, um, infidelity and 
Um, I decided to go back to school to try to understand like human psyche. Cause I was just, I was an emotional basket case at that point, but I wanted to ground. So I went back and got my master's and then I really loved counseling. I got my master's in counseling and I was really fed by this new tier of knowledge. And so I decided to go ahead and get my doctorate. And I mean, I'm simplifying it. We're talking about a 10 year journey. Um, so I earned my doctorate in the meantime, I remarried someone that I really thought was going to, um, be a long-term, uh, a relationship for me. And I went kind of way the other way. When I remarried, I married someone that was like super stable and grounded. And, and we ended up having three kids back to back. I had twins and then one in, in two years. And, um, that relationship ended up not being at all what I was told it was going to be. I was, I'll just summarize it to say I was kind of deceived on many levels and I'll just leave it there. Um, but that marriage ended up ending. And in that, um, I had another even more, um, deconstructing of an experience because not only did I not want to be divorced once, but I didn't want to be divorced twice. And here I was like proclaiming myself to be a relationship expert. My mom was like a pastor. I was the helper and I couldn't even save my own marriage. And I had these three little kids at the time. They were like, uh, two and four or three, three and five. And, um, I, was devastated and nothing was turning out the way that I wanted. And I basically ended up, I was defrauded out of a lot of my money in that relationship. And, um, I lost, like, I felt like I'd lost everything except for I had my kids and I had myself and I had this internal drive to do more. Well, in that kind of period of loss, um, I fell apart in a million different ways. And I ended up because of that, going through a really profound spiritual awakening. This was in 2014. And I had the doctorate and I had the license and I had all the things I was teaching at the university level. I was a professor, like I was in private practice and all of a sudden all these supernatural things started happening to me and all these gifts kind of came up and I went through this. Um, and that was when my divorce ended up really coming to a head. And uh, just, I had this cataclysmic, just life identity change and nothing that I had planned. To, I mean, if you had told me that I would be where I am today, I mean, there is no, I would have slapped you. There's no way I would have jumped off the train. I would have been like, no way that's happening to me. Um, but you know, I ended up evolving into this person that I was really meant to become and my soul, I believe really chose those experiences to, to catalyze, um, an understanding of emotional. And I'm, and I skipped a lot of it. There was a lot of childhood trauma in there too, which, um, it, you know, it, it, it all comes to serve us when we choose to, to allow it to serve us. So I ended up, um, transforming, alchemizing all of the pain, all the betrayal, all the things that just seemed to stack up. And I decided I was going to become kind of a, a spiritual guide for other, usually women, but I also work with men, but other people that are also going through these experiences where their life's kind of fallen apart by no choice of their own. And they want to turn it into something transformational and empowering. And so now I really, I mean, I have all this clinical experience and all this life experience, but I really love helping people find this awakened version of themselves, which actually is a very powerful virgin version, which is um, funny. The word virgin just came out when I was trying to say version. I'm sure there's like a Freudian slip in there of some sort, but that, that you have like this powerful source energy flowing through you at all times. And you have all that you need within you. And if you're like me, you've spent a lot of your life looking outside of yourself Spe specific for women is often relationships. And, um, I found myself at the end of it. And, um, I'm still going, I'm still evolving, but 
that's the long and short that the the cliff notes version of why I do the work that I do now. But I really get fired up when people are on the precipice of that change. Like they know there's something bigger for them that can feel this like thing rising from their soul, but they just need the guidance. I want to like save people the decade (laughs) that I went through of just like wandering in the forest. So that's the work that I do now. I love that. And I, um, as you, as you're saying it, I'm thinking about the podcast second life. I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but it's a really, really great uh, podcast. And it's often really successful people and sometimes like celebrities who have started their life in one way. And now they're having like a second career, like a second life. And I hear that in a lot of people that I talk to, you know, especially in terms of like going from the corporate or the what's expected or what seems like the right path to this massive transformation and then coming out on the other side as a completely different person with all of these gifts and all this magic that you didn't know you had to bring to the world. Mm, So that's, I love that. That's what I hear in your story. And that's like when we really reach the part of our lives where, you know, we're doing what we were meant to do. It feels Mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's all a cho- it's all a choice. So I'm gonna have to tune into yeah. that podcast. Thank you for that. You know, the one of the the main things, one of the main pillars that I stand on is that you know it's all a choice. Um, we all are going to go through through things. You know, suffering. I mean, pain is inevitable, but the peace is the suffering becomes a choice over time. Um, I used to do trauma therapy really deeply. I believe in trauma work. Like if you're in trauma mode, get your get trauma work, but you don't have to stay there. And so it's a matter of also like, what is your identity going to be coming out of this? So like when I came out of my first divorce, it was very public. And, um, you know, my identity for a while was that person's ex-wife. And it's part of why I went back to school because I really wanted to be my own person, but you know, I had a choice. I could have stood in that and I could have kept telling the story and I could have been paid a lot of money to write the book when, cause I was offered that. And, you know, I, I sat down with myself and source and my inner being and was like, what do I want my life story to be? Do I really want this? And a lot of people do, they get stuck in identifying themselves with certain things that don't serve them. Now, certain catastrophes and diagnoses can serve you because they can go on and serve the greater good. Like your story can, it's just a matter of what is your, the end of the day, what is your soul really calling you to identify with? What are you standing on? And it's a choice for you, whichever pedestal it is that you want to stand on of, of what you're going to do and what are you going to do to get there? What action are you going to take um, towards that person that you really feel is calling you? And it's usually a calling that is higher and higher, but again, it's all, it's all a choice and it does take work, mm-hmm. but it's also a lot of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so much of this work, like, you know, you mentioned the inner child work that you didn't talk about, but it was so much of that. And I've, uh, I've so done much. so much of that deep work. Yes. It can be really difficult, but uh, I love this idea of, yes, it can be difficult, but we get to choose what that means. We get to choose how we let that guide us, how we identify with that hurt and with that pain. And most often, like it's so, it's so cheesy or corny to say, but like turning your pain into purpose is so many of the people doing really impactful work in this world. That's exactly what they've done. They well, take- it is the answer. I mean, it is like, yeah, it does sound like rhetoric, but I mean, Victor Frankl's book, uh, Man's mm-hmm. Search for Meaning. I mean, that is the, yeah, that's the root. And that actually book was fundamental in my growth process, but it, it really is everything. So, or you can choose just to stay in it. And so the way that I felt when I was in it many times over and over, I mean, I, my soul went through it and, and, and that's not just me. There are a lot of people on this planet that have been through a lot of catastrophic things, but you know, at the end of the day, like if, if you're, 
if, if you, it's, it's like quicksand is what I was going to say. The mm-hmm. metaphor that I felt like, and I'm like, am I going to stay here? You know, you can medicate, you can do all the things that are external, but it's like that inner child work, you know, it, it's, it, I applaud, I applaud. And now it's a requirement for if, for any man that comes into my life, mm-hmm. I'm like, not that you've had to have done inner child work, but I want to hear that you've done some kind of work. Like I want, you've right. got it, or you're, or we're not going to get each other. Like I'm bringing a lot of complex shit to the table and if if you're like if you've never done any of it, you're not. I'm going to be way too much of a basket of of, of whoopla for you. So, yeah. um, but but people that have gone through complicated stuff are my people. Like you know, mm-hmm. and that's why I love doing what I do. So mm-hmm. yeah. So we're talking about all this, like doing this work and this healing yeah. and this learning and this growth. And of course, a lot of that does require the support of someone else in a lot certain phases and seasons of your healing. Yeah. Having someone to support you or guide you is so key. But today we're talking about how to become your own guru. And that's such an important part of the equation too. So why don't you intro us to this idea a little bit? Like, what does that mean? And how do we balance it with seeking outside support when we feel like we need it? Yeah, well, some of being your own guru, actually a lot of it is being smart enough to to find your support. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, again, like when you're going through something traumatizing, like a divorce, a diagnosis, a um, grief, a loss, something like that, like trauma specialists are very important because they know how to triage you, right? Because they know how to work with your body and your soul. And sometimes you, you know, that, so that I, I always wrap my arms around that, that stage because it's important, but as you really are feeling more empowered at the, at the end of the day, what, what I want my clients to always know, first of all, I want them not to need me forever mm-hmm. because I want you to know that just like I have found like, but I still have my support now. And I will say this too. I still, I have a coach that I see every other week and I get help PRN. Like it's, it's, I don't think you're ever done. It's like getting your teeth cleaned or getting, going and getting your massage. Like it, to me, I'm like this whole stupid stigma we have around that people being nervous about being in therapy or counseling or coaching. I'm like, you have an attorney, you have a dentist, right? Having a life coach is so smart. Like it will literally fast forward you. So when you're your own guru, you know, what you learn if you're with the right person is you actually have the answers inside of you. So the right kind of support helps guide you to that place of knowing. And so I have found that when I can sit with, um, with people particular, I love working with women and tapping into that and not that men can't have it too, but that there's an intuitive knowing that, that women have that is that it's, 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 um, relevant to the divine feminine. And, you know, we are the divine feminine is, is there's an intuitive factor there that balances the masculine and the feminine is about knowing and about doing about being and divine masculine is about doing and leading. And so not that you can't be both. Cause I have both roles in my life. And if you're a podcaster, you, <laughs> your work, you've got to be in your masculine some, but you know, when you're leaning into your knowing what you learn is that you're like, I read, I still read, but I don't have to go find my answer in a book. I don't have to go find my answer in a, in a reading from a psychic or a, like, I know I've done all that and I still have great fun doing that. But I know at the end of the day, the answer is inside of me. Mm-hmm. And so what I train clients to do when I've learned myself through a lot of spiritual study is learning how to tap into your intuitive center, which sits at your sacral chakra, which is right below your rib cage. And just learning all the things about it. Like you actually have brain cells down there. You've got like brain Mm. cells all throughout your gut and your stomach and in your intestines. And that's why they call it, you know, your second, they call it your second brain, trust your gut. You have brain cells there. And it's very cool to me how the physical works with the spiritual. Like it's not separate, right? You're wired with the physical body, with medical functioning and it, it interplays with your spiritual side and your soul side and your heart resonance. I mean, the heart not only has, you know, 
medical and uh, physical mechanics, it, it has a resonance. It has a, there's a, an energetic resonance. Dispen Joe Dispenza is doing amazing breakthrough work studying that right now. And so when you learn how to become your guru, you're learning how to tune into your heart center. You're learning how to turn into your, your solar plexus, your sacral center. And, um, excuse me, I said sacral center before your solar plexus is where your soul is. It's right below your rib cage. Your sacral is down in your abdomen area. Um, and you, you learn how to interpret energetically the voice of your soul, which interplays with, with your second brain, your gut. And what it does is it releases certain chemicals in your body that feel a certain way. And mm -hmm. so, you know, a yes, basically just to simplify it, it feels like expansion and lightness mm -hmm. and a no, it feels like contraction and heaviness. I mean, it really, at the end of the day, <laughs> is actually that simple. It's just, we've been taught to go up here. I'm pointing to my brain. Um, we've been taught to go into our monkey minds and logic does serve us, but the decisions in your life that are the, the game changers, are the ones that you make with your heart and your soul. And that's from the area that I'm talking about now, that is that guru center. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I, I love what you're saying. And what I noticed for myself, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this is one of my focuses I was telling Karin this before we started the episode, one of my pillars for 2023 is become your own guru. And I chose that because I found that I was before consulting myself, like truly consulting myself, mm -hmm. tapping into that intuition, I was seeking the support. So I'm like, oh, I can't figure this out. I should find a coach. I can figure this out. I should work with this person. And I had this realization of like, okay, well, when I'm working with a coach or I'm working with someone else, Really, one one of the main values of that is them guiding me and yeah. and teaching me and helping me see things. But also, it's that I'm giving this thing, let's say an hour, whatever it is, of focused time, okay. right? Like I'm sitting here and I'm giving it time. Versus right now in this space, have I even sat down and given it any? Have I given myself any time to think through it to come? I hear up what you're saying, yeah. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And yep. so this idea of tapping in your intuition, like. Step one is knowing that it exists, and step two is actually giving your space yourself space to hear it mm -hmm. versus in that living in that monkey brain, having all of our tabs open and saying, like, oh, I need help, I need this, I need this. But it's like, okay, let's take a second first within ourselves yeah. and then go out and seek the support that we need based on what our intuition is telling us. That's the way that I've been thinking about it. And I feel like that somewhat aligns with what you're saying as well. That's such an aha moment because it's true. It's like we table it until we get in front of somebody so they can help us figure it out. And, you know, which, which is okay when you're there and, you know, it's, it's all an evolutionary process mm -hmm. because we, we didn't get the training on that. Right. Like, I mean, my kids are in now ninth and seventh grade and it's like, we talk all the time about these subjects that they're learning that it really is not going to be applicable and just wait till they get to college. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> there are things I wish like, like we're not taught, we are not taught intuitive decision-making mm -hmm. and so that, that working with a, a guided ex with a, with an expert, a guide, a mentor is an important stage because we have to learn how to do it. And it means I kind of liken it to like swiping on your phone. It's like, when you first think of a decision, usually the first thing that comes up is the person that whose opinion you rely on the most, whether it be your mom, your partner, um, your mom, your mom, your dad, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what are they going to think? Or your partner or, or the community, you know, your friend, the, the, the people that are watching your peers or your audience, your followers, you know, whoever you're depending on the most for your validation, which is normal and a human thing that we do, that person's opinion is going to float up the very first thing. So mm -hmm. when I work with clients, we do this where I'm like, okay, let's swipe that to the side. 
And then it's going to be like, if you haven't gone to the community, what's going to come up is, am I going to be judged? Am I going to, what's everybody going to think? And, and, you know, and, and then you want to go and ask people, well, what would, what would you do? Let's swipe that out. Mm-hmm. The simplest questions that I would give you to ask yourself, which is what I do. And it's like, it takes work, but literally the question is, what do you want? And mm-hmm. it sounds so, again, like it sounds so simple, but I do this with myself because I me- immediately go to what is the external, what, what is this going to mean here and here? And, here? and mm-hmm. not that you shouldn't weigh pluses and minuses. That's part of it. But what do you want? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you want? And as women, you know, we're raised to please other people outside of ourselves. Men typically now things are changing as time evolves, but women typically are raised with that on their, that burden on their backs. And then what, what comes with that is guilt. So we're usually running our decision-making process through, there's usually a filter of guilt because usually when we're saying, what do we want? And there is an answer. One of the first things we do is, well, that might upset somebody or that's not going to make them happy. And then the guilt comes in. And so with guilt is also shame. I'm ashamed that I may want what I want because that means that I'm being selfish and good girls aren't selfish. Good girls do what everybody else wants to do. And one of the biggest things that was the biggest game changer for me is looking at the um, the, the chart of consciousness that David Hawkins came up with, which is called the scale of consciousness, which assigns basically a number of vibration to certain emotions. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds complex, but all I want you to know, the takeaway here is that the lowest form of human consciousness is guilt and shame. And it's the scale of consciousness is an inverted triangle and it's sitting at the bottom is guilt and shame. You're literally vibrationally in your consciousness at a 10 or a 20. So to, to counterbalance that when you're in love and, and peace, you're vibrating at a three to 500. Mm. And so when you're at self-love, right, which is I can want what I want and want has a trigger for certain people. So maybe you want to use the word desire. Um, but like even, even as simple as where you want to go to dinner, like where do you, and you may not, you may be totally neutral. And if you're neutral, that's cool too. But these simple desires and the more that we are tending to those and, and, and doing it, not out of narcissism. And you know, when it's narcissistic out of compassion for self, just like you give others, you start resonating with yourself up at a a, a vibration of self-love. And in that vibration, you're at a three to 500. And that is what creates that is where creation is. Mm -hmm. You can't create anything at shame and guilt. You literally cannot. You cannot be creative. You cannot be productive. You cannot feel joy. But when you come back up and love your desires, love your needs and wants and trust your intuition and can shift gears from it being a shameful place to one where it's full of love and and you emanate with that. And I can go on and on about this because it's what I teach. Um, You literally have changed the game in your entire life to, to walking into those relationships and those decisions and your job with an expansion that says, I love what I desire. And I'm going to love what you desire too. And let's bring our desires to the table and do this together out of love, not you get more than me because I've been trained to feel guilty. Right. Yeah. Okay, I go into preaching mode when I talk about I, this. I think it's great. That is what we're here to do. I love it all so much. It's so valuable. And I just want to give listeners the same reminder, something that I was just saying, because this was hard for me for a long time. Like ah. you said to actually, to actually know what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Like I can remember a coach asking me that, and I'm like, you know, I gave some bullshit answer, and he's like, ah, ah, let, let's go a little bit deeper. And so the reminder again to even as simple as going to a restaurant, instead of saying I don't care, give yourself one minute, give yourself yep. a beat to really say what feels good in my body right now or what am I craving or what am I feeling called toward? 
And giving yourself just that smidge of space to really actually hear the answer as it floats up because so often we don't and we just brush it off. For me, that's been so important and getting into this space where it just happens naturally. Like I can look in the fridge and I just know within my body what food I want because I can feel it. I can look at two things and say, nope, not that. Yep, that. But like you, it's taken lots and lots and lots of practice. So for listeners Mm -hmm. feeling like, that sounds great, but how do I do that? You do it just really slowly. And over time, it just becomes more natural. Well, it's practice. And I, I listened to your episode with the, the somatic expert. Um, mm. And yeah. and I, I love that you said that because that is really what it is. So when you become your own guru, what you're doing is you're tuning into your body, which is where your soul resides and mm. you're listening and your body. I know you can do muscle testing and these are actually very simple techniques the whole, the reason why it sounds hard again, you just weren't trained how to do it, but it'll be just as natural as driving a car. Like you're saying you have that knowing now because you've learned how to not be um, habitual, like, Oh, the potato chips and not, if you do that, fun. I actually had a half a bag of potato chips last night. It's cool. I wanted something like it, whatever, like, cause I really wanted salty. Um, it's okay. Like it's okay. And so, but the next day, like if you go open your refrigerator and you're like, what do I really want? And you can scan, you may want a pickle. <laughs> your body may be craving vinegar. You may want a radish. You may, I mean, you, you know, and, and the more, and then, you know, you put the good things in your body and that's, and the wellness piece there then keeps your vessel clear when you are not habitually going. And I know you do a lot of work with this, but habitually doing what, um, kids are trying to do, which is go and eat tons of sweets and go and all this, all the snacks. I know. Cause we're going through it in real time at my house, like the Dorito bag, the, the, and I'm always like, ah, but as you are furthering your practice and your, your, your up level in your life, the cleaner your vessel can be, the easier you're going to have a time, the easier time you're going to have tuning into your guru center, because then you're not all clouded up with all the chemicals and all the stuff. And it is, it is truer than anything is true you literally, the cleaner your vessel are, the cleaner your, because what you're interacting with, your interplay is with your body, but really what's coming through is your higher being, which is a connection of, I use the word source for God, but mm-hmm. all the ethereal, your angels and all that. And, and you're being guided with what's best for you at all times. We just didn't learn how to tune into it. Mm-hmm. And so I hope you're getting like, it's actually simple. It just takes practicing and yeah. it takes swiping array away those, all that external stuff you've been taught to lean towards Mm -hmm. and, and just tuning in. And like you said, I love it. You're using that. Just give yourself space. Just literally just stop and ask yourself again and just drop in. I mean, it can take two seconds. It can take 30 seconds, but Mm -hmm. with practice you'll learn and you'll be like, wow, like I actually have an inner voice that is guiding me at all times. I actually don't need anyone else to tell me what to do because I'm my own guru. (laughs) Yes. And something that just came to mind for me, I have things that that I know for myself, but I'm curious in general. So we, we tune in, how are, how can we get that intuitive answer? Like how might we sense what the response is for something as simple as what restaurant do I want to go to, to something as big as, you know, do I start this business? Mm -hmm. How do we get, how do we hear it? How do we experience it? You drop in. So I, I do a very simple, I just ask, I mean, it's, it's everything I just said. In a, in a row. So you pause, like Jess just said, and you ask yourself, and it's, I would say three times. And the first couple of times, just swipe away what anybody else thinks. And I would just say, what do I really want? And getting, getting comfortable with that word want is very empowering and dropping down, dropping down, dropping down, and then tuning in to that solar plexus center, which is right below your rib cage, that's your gut. And 
what I'll do is I'll picture myself in that position. So let's say it's a food or if it's a trip, like, do I really, do I really want to go on this trip? Is that worth my time and energy? So what I'll do is I'll picture myself there and I'll drop into my gut and I'll picture it and I'll ask, do I really want to be there? And I'll just literally, it's just tuning in to right there below your ribcage and sensing if you feel an expansion and a lightness, or if you feel like a, 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 a heaviness, which usually comes from obligation or dread. Mm. And sometimes it's neutral. If it's neutral, there's not a strong yes or no. And, and sometimes it is that it's kind of like either one, it may not be extremely beneficial, but it's not going to be detrimental either. But your body, like if, if specific to traveling and things that take your time and energy, mm -hmm. um, projects that you may or may not want to take clients, you might want to take going in because in, to me, these are some of the big decisions that are so important, especially for your clients, like, or your listeners, like, do you really want to spend time? Like it may feel like that project or that person or that decision, whatever it is, it's something you should do, right? Right. So I take the word should. So when I work with clients, I take the word should or need to completely out of our conversations. And I will train you within three sessions. You will not use those words again. And you interchange them with the word want. And so you say, you know, oh, I really should go on this trip. or I really should hire this person. Or I really should do this project because, because of all these things. Switch out the word should with the word want. It's the same process. I really want to do this project. And when you say it out loud, tune into that center, your body will tell you if that is a truth for you. That is the easiest hack. I really want to go to Pittsburgh for this conference. Your body will tell you immediately mm -hmm. or yeah, hell yeah. And then it's trusting no matter if people are going to get mad. Cause here's the thing, if you're changing something and you're tuning in to your own guru center and you're making choices that are best for you, people probably will get mad if you have been a people pleaser. They, they will get mad. And the great thing is that's your number one sign that you're doing the right thing for your life mm -hmm. because you're stopping the, the pattern. And it's uncomfortable as hell, but nothing, the best things are created out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had so many experiences where I decided that something was truly within my desire, but that didn't fit what someone else wanted. And I felt like, like my, I just felt so like, twisted up and tight and I felt so awful. And I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And maybe I should have done that. And it, and it can feel like you really, like you did the wrong thing. And it's, yeah. it can be hard to separate from that. Yes. But knowing really trusting, I think is also this other really, I know is also this really other big piece of the practice, like trusting what the answer is, even when the response is, is negative or difficult mm -hmm. or uncomfortable. Well, guilt, 90% of women walk around feeling guilty, you know, mm -hmm. all day. Uh, I mean, and it's like, it's like two to six times a day, um, really heavy pangs of that. And it's because that's an imprint. So we're not that wiring for guilt is not how you were born. When mm -hmm. you came into this world as a pure soul, you did not know how to feel guilty. Okay. Babies do not feel guilty. They emote, mm -hmm. they, they, they tell you what they want. They scream when they don't get what they want. They scream when they want it. Like, just think about it. They mm -hmm. don't feel guilty. They don't. They are taught to feel guilty by, by parents. We all do it. And, you know, in some aspects, you can argue that it's appropriate because you want to do good in the world. But I think, I think responsibility is a better word. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very intentional now the way that I parent, because I was parented with so much guilt because of course my mom was and that shame and it's thick. And it, so that imprint is an automatic, um, so it's an automatic mental and emotional response that is not natural. And this is literally what I have to undo in hundred percent of my clients that guilt 
um, response because it, it's not the way you're wired. Again, the reason why it's so uncomfortable and it sinks you to that lowest level of consciousness is because it, it, it's not natural for your spiritual body to hold it. The mm. frequency of guilt is so dense and so low that your spirit literally doesn't even know where to put it. So your body is resistant, but your body gets so like, you just did it. You didn't yeah. see her, but she, she made a contracted move with, you know, with your hands. And that is how it feels. Guilt mm. feels like the heaviest contraction because it's the heaviest sense. So I'm just, if you can say to yourself, I'm, I, it took, took me a few years to get this, but I just started teaching myself. I'm not meant to feel guilty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Responsible. Yes. Responsible. When I hurt somebody, of course, mm-hmm. yes. Compassionate. Yes. All that. But I now will say to people that try to guilt monger me that have done it in their life. And now they know better. Cause I've been doing it. I literally will just say to them, I will talk through this with you, but I don't do guilt anymore. I, I will not make this decision based on guilt because that is a really low resonance. And then I'm doing it out of, out of obligation and I'm never going to feel good about it. Right. So anyway, it's something that, that it, over again, it takes training, but once you finally get it, it's like that it will always come in because it's an imprint, but you will learn how to literally sit in it for like two seconds and then be like, Oh God, there's that guilt again. Like I'm not, what am I really feeling? Like, what do I really desire? And again, finding that self-love piece where, where it's okay that you're putting your desires front and center while you're doing it with compassion for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I know I just talked, I said a, a lot in that sentence, but <laughs> you know, it takes practice. <laughs> yes. It, it, and it's, it's helpful for even, you know, I, I can say I'm someone who's done a shit ton of work in the last 10 years. And that's not even really a long period of time in the grand scheme of things, but guilt is not really a thing for me for the most part. Like I, I know what I desire to move toward what I desire. I do things that a lot of people think are weird and alternative because I choose to live life the way I want to. But sometimes it's still there. Like this really just happened in middle of August, this thing where I felt this just like intense, awful guilt. And so the reminder being that, you know, you said at the beginning of the the podcast, when you're talking about your story, like, it, you know, the journey doesn't ever end. And and that's okay, too. You know, it, it will come up and what you've just said, having that awareness around the guilt and knowing what that actually is, I that's most helpful for me because I'm like, now next time that comes up, I can identify that really clearly. I know that this is just guilt and I feel so crappy because spiritually I am in a really low vibration. It's not where I belong. Like for me, I think that's going to be really helpful in separating out from the guilt because I think we can really get easily tangled when we try to make these decisions for ourselves and listen to our intuition, we can get really tangled up in that negative space and feel like we're doing the wrong thing. When really, when we can understand what it is, we can step back from it and not let that keep pulling us down. Right. And another thing to give yourself permission to um, resonate with is that there's really no, and this is on my spiritual path, but I've kind of come to, there's really no right and wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, be responsible for hurting people. Like I'm not talking about abuse and like extreme pain for people. Yes, I do think that is wrong. But when you're making life decisions, um, it is a beautiful, freeing, liberating thing to just take a deep breath and know, look, there's not a right or wrong. What is meant for you is going to find you. Mm -hmm. And each moment, even if you have an uncomfortable feeling, like 
everything's there as a as an opportunity to grow. You're not being punished. Even if you have those feelings like, okay, this is an opportunity for, to, for me to grow. Like, what am I, what I've really been working on recently is like identifying those feelings. Like, what, what am I really feeling here? An mm. obligation to please my mom or an obligation for everybody to like me, to fit into a mold. I know you do a lot of, of work on that with women and you you do these beautifully unapologetic reels and, and you know, I and I love it. And everyone's not going to resonate because it's like, well, you should do this, right? People want it. People are, want you in a box. I do think though, that whole box mentality, the way that women have kind of been, have been programmed for generations. We, this generation, like we are exploding it. Yes. yes. You're here to do that. I'm here to do that. <laughs> if you're resonating with this, you're here to do that. It makes you a star seed, a rule breaker, because that paradigm, the frequency on the planet actually has changed. They've measured it. It no longer is going to work. There are certain people that are still going to do that because that's their comfort zone. But I can tell you, it is so constricting and the liberation you feel like when you find the freedom that like Jess, you found and that I found, like once you become unapologetic, you're still going to grapple with guilt. Of course you do. Of course I do too. Of course. But it is, it is that, that practice dialogue then that I have in my head, like you just said, like, okay, what am I really feeling? Who am I feeling obligated to? What is really under this? Okay. Is this true? Okay. You know, all that stuff that, that you can learn in therapy and, and all that self-talk and then bringing my goal always is to bring myself back up to, to feeling love, looking at what opportunity I have here to grow. So you can ask yourself, what is this here to teach me? Very simple question. What is this here to teach me? Not punished. What is this here? To, how can I grow from this? Wow. I'm realizing certain things because really growth, your evolution, the evolution of your soul is about awareness. Mm -hmm. It's the first step. So you just becoming more conscious and aware, like we're talking about just of what those feelings are. You've already raised your consciousness level up many, many stairs on that beautiful staircase. We're all climbing because that, I mean, that that's the first step. And then you can do an ongoing eternal amount of work right. on your, yeah. On your consciousness. Yes. This has been so insightful, so supportive for me personally. Um, Love it. So I, I really appreciate it. But before we shift gears, I'm curious if there's, you know, one thing you want to make sure listeners walk away with, with if they were to walk away with nothing else but this, what might that one thing be? I would say, so what just came up is something that Spirit gave me a few years ago. And that is that confusion is an illusion. Mm. Um, when you're leaning into this idea of being your own guru, remind yourself that the confusion you're feeling is an illusion. You think you don't have the answer. You actually do. You actually do. Often we're just very afraid of it. We're just very afraid to trust ourselves. And sometimes you support is wonderful to have. Um, lean on people that have been there, lean on people that, that can hold space for you in a way that's non-judgmental and, and that they, they're not projecting their stuff on you so much. So you can guide yourself back to your core because the confusion that you don't know is an illusion. You were born with source wisdom, sacred wisdom implanted in your DNA. And every step of awareness that you have, like all those light bulbs that just went off for you. And then I had a light bulb moments that went off for me too, as you were speaking, we're all teachers for each other. Every light bulb moment that you have is opening a new code in your DNA. These are called light codes. And you're opening another level of awareness and another level, another level of awareness. And the more you grow, the more you will learn that that wisdom is in you and you will trust yourself more. I promise. Yes, 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 yes. So shifting gears, we do this with everyone on the podcast. Tell us what you're getting intentional about right now. You know, it's something that I touched on and it is um, 
it is naming the feelings. So just in the past few weeks, I've been triggered about an ex a lot and um, several exes and, um, uh, and you get angry, right? Like we, we get angry when we even hurt. And then you look back and you have your triggers. And so the thing that I've been really intentional about is not getting lost in that spiral. Cause I mean, I'm a professional, but I mean, when it comes to myself, like I can spiral too. Um, and so my intention has really been to pause and name, and I said it before, but I'll just drive this home. Cause it's, it's a practice that I am and it's, it's really been game changing the past month for me. I will stop and just name the feelings that I'm feeling. What is it? I will lay in bed in the morning when I wake up and I'm still triggered about whatever it is. And I'm like, what is it that I'm really feeling? It's usually I'm angry. Mm. I'm actually feeling really sad mm. and just sit there with yourself. And it's so, and just be your own, you know, dialogue instigator. And it, you know, that for me has been everything because they show that if you can sit with a feeling, it will actually pass in 45 to 90 seconds. Mm. And then you feel better. And it's like, oh, wow, I didn't have to call my person. Like then I, then I learn a process of passing it through, but that's what I've been really, really intentional about getting to the root of the feelings and really naming them out loud and then letting them process through. So it accelerates the healing process. It's so powerful. And it's so much of what we talked about today and and exactly what you said there too. Like it sounds so simple and yet it's like some of the most difficult things for us to do. Because again, we weren't taught to do this. This, Even though we know inherently to do it, we were born knowing how to do it. We aren't taught to do it. And so it just gets hidden and shoved down further and further and further. Mm-hmm. All these layers of expectation and whatever. Um, but that's been, that was one of the very first exercises that I did. I worked with a heart math coach like years and years and years and years ago. And on our very first call, she said to me, so I start every call by asking you how you're feeling. So how are you feeling? And this was our very first call, two minutes into the call, and I already feel like I'm going to cry. And I'm like, I'm not going to be that crazy person who cries within two minutes of her first (laughs) call. But I could, like, I I couldn't. It was like she had just, like, tapped a little space. And all of a sudden, it just opened up to me. And so I started this practice of using the feelings wheel, Mm -hmm. which is brilliant. If you've never seen it for listeners, when you're first learning to have awareness of your feelings, it can be hard to even know what feelings are beyond sad, happy, mad. And so I would use the feelings wheel every single morning and I would write down the three feelings that I'm feeling and the three feelings that I want to feel. And it was a really impactful practice for me to just start making that a natural part of my being. And if I'm feeling something, having awareness of that and then figuring out how I want to shift it if I do want to shift it. So taking what you're saying, maybe a step further for people who are even feeling so out of touch with their feelings, like I was, that it's like, you can't even identify them. Yeah, you know, That's a really great tool. Yeah. And by the way, when you did cry, you made her day <laughs> because it means, <laughs> it means, you know, it means you went there and you know, you, you're available for it. And, you know, I love the saying when the soul finds its truth, it, it weeps because mm-hmm. when you tap into a real emotion and people are afraid of that, but I mean, weep away and let it pass through. But that that's because you found a truth and your soul's yeah. like, thank you for for shining the light on that. So yeah. appreciate you sharing that. So true. Where can listeners connect with you outside of the podcast? So I'm on all the places. It's uh, my website is drkarin.com, but you have to spell out doctor. So D-O-C-T-O-R-K-A-R-I-N. And I know it's probably in the notes. And then I'm Dr. Karin on um, an Instagram and on Facebook. So yeah, I've got programs and retreats and free goodies coming out all the time. So I would appreciate people connecting with me if they resonate with what I'm saying. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so much again for being here. It's truly been such a blessing. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for opening the conversation. I, I enjoyed it just, just as much as everyone else did. 
Great. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.